Hey everyone, this is Ryan from Athix Fitness, and you're listening to the Athix Approach Podcast, the podcast where we highlight inspirational, up-and-coming vegan and plant-based athletes that you've probably never heard of yet, and what they do to absolutely kill it on a plant-based diet. If you haven't already, it would really help out if you subscribed to liked, commented, and or shared any of the content I'm producing, including this podcast, free articles and training programs on athixfitness.com, videos on the Athix Fitness YouTube channel, and more. I truly appreciate all of you guys for the love and support. In today's episode, vegan bodybuilder Lance James and I chat about what drew him to competitive bodybuilding, how his training programming and philosophies have developed over the years, body dysmorphia in bodybuilding, and how his plant-based diet has affected his results in the gym. We also discuss our reasons for being vegan and our personal forms of activism, as well as issues we have with the online vegan community and how veganism is sometimes portrayed negatively on social media. As someone who's been vegan for over a decade, Lance has a lot of great input on the subject. And I found myself personally resonating with just about everything he had to say about both veganism and lifting during our conversation. I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I enjoyed our chat. What's up, guys? This is Ryan with Athex Fitness, back finally from a long hiatus there. I'm not doing podcasts, but um, I'm back with uh, Lance James and... uh, Lance is a vegan bodybuilder. He's been doing it for a while. And um, yeah, Lance, thank you so much for coming on, man. I'll let you do a quick little intro for yourself, if you don't mind. For sure. Uh, First off, appreciate you having me. This is great. Uh, This is my first time doing a podcast. So oh, hell yeah, this will be interesting and fun. Uh, (laughs) Like Ryan said, uh, my name is Lance James. Uh, I am vegan. I am into bodybuilding. Um, Outside of that little spectrum, I'm also a middle school teacher. Um, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, uh, and I just like to lay back and have fun. You know, I'm just an easygoing, carefree kind of guy who just happens to want to lift weights and listen to heavy metal and eat plants, you know? Yeah. What, um, so what got you into, I guess, first of all, it's such on like bodybuilding. What got, what kind of led you into bodybuilding? Did you play any sports in high school? Did that lead you into fitness or? Yeah. So, I mean, I always played sports growing up. Uh, I was really into baseball and basketball, uh, nothing against team sports. They're great. It's just not for me. Um, I realized that a little bit later on that, uh, I kind of just enjoy it being all the focus on me. I'm the one that has to put the work in and I'm the one that gets the credit for it kind of thing. Uh, maybe that's selfish, whatever, but that's how I was. Uh, and really the reason I got into bodybuilding in the first place and really fitness in the first place was because growing up, I was incredibly tiny, uh, about, I think when I graduated high school, I was somewhere between 130 and 140 pounds. Uh, I'm six one, so you can imagine that's pretty. It's pretty lanky. Uh, got quite a bit of shit for that. I got uh, made fun of, quite a bit of bullying and stuff for it. So, I think when I got a little bit older, I was like, you know what? Fuck those guys. I'm gonna do something about this. I'm gonna kind of prove them wrong, uh, and that's what really kind of kickstarted everything. That's when I started eating differently, working out differently, and all that. And really up until just a few years ago, I would say I've been working out consistently for probably, I'd say eight years, nine years, Mm -hmm. but I really had no fucking clue what I was doing until about three years ago, really. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely noticed that you, you still are putting on a lot of size. I feel like even from like 
a year ago because i've been following you on instagram for probably i don't know probably a couple years at least yeah we've been uh, buddies like that for a while so yeah yeah and like i've been seeing your progress and you're still making progress man it's fucking awesome yeah i don't know i mean i've i've recently kind of switched up my training style a little bit um mm-hmm. it's working i'll take it uh you know how it is though you you're the one that sees your progress you're watching yourself day in day out and you don't see it as much but then like you look back at a picture from a year ago or two years ago and you're like, holy shit, what the, what just happened? Um, So yeah, I mean, even just, I think I posted something the other day about when I competed two years ago, I was 177 pounds on stage. I was lean, I was super ripped, but now I'm about 193 in the same condition. So that's crazy. Um, And you're, you're close to, I might be wrong, but are you close to a competition right now? Yeah, I'm uh, just under seven weeks out right now. So oh. we are right here in the nitty gritty of it. It's about to get real, real where it's cardio and the diet really has to get tightened up another level and all that. But yeah, um, yeah, I've noticed you've been you've been getting pretty lean. So I thought you said a couple things about competition, but I wasn't 100 percent sure. So are you feeling like any diet fatigue yet or anything? No. And honestly, the best part about this one, I didn't let myself get fucking fat before uh, (laughs) during the off season. I really started this. I don't let myself probably get above 12 or 13% body fat in the off season. uh, Just because one, I don't like the way I look that way. Yeah. Two, I feel lethargic. And three, I feel like it hinders my performance more than anything. I know a lot of people are really big advocates for the dirty bulk and all that shit, but I feel like when you don't keep it in check, one, your body's going to start to look like shit mm-hmm. Two, when you actually go to cut again, it's going to be way, way more difficult. Like I've only went down four or five pounds since I started my cut. And that's crazy. Cause a lot of people you'll see are dropping by the time they get to the stage, they drop 20, 30, 40 pounds. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. I completely agree. I also, I'm, I'm totally with you where if I get above a certain amount of body, uh, body fat percentage, I just feel like sluggish and lethargic. And um, I also like my, my body dysmorphia kicks in bad. And I'm just like, that's a whole nother topic we could just dive into right there. Is Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's that definitely a whole topic in itself, but I can, I can completely relate there. Um, so I know how you feel about that. And I also feel like when you're, you're dieting from like staying somewhat leaner, you know, and you're not rushing into a show, you can, you're probably going to have, you know, maintain more muscle and stuff. You're not going to feel as shitty during the dieting process. For sure. And you can, it opens up me being able to eat more of the foods that I want. I don't have to be, you know, 95, five with my clean to shit. I can go more 80, 20 right now. Yeah. I enjoy like I eat pop tarts every day. You know, I, I eat chocolate every night before I go to bed. Like I'm still enjoying the stuff that I want to, mm-hmm. I want to, I'm not at this stage where I'm having to eat clean 100% of the time because that's not sustainable. Yeah, I completely agree. So I guess you follow kind of like an if it fits your macro approach for the most part. I'm a weird hybrid. Uh, I've been doing this for a while as far as like meal prep and things like that. Do I weigh my stuff? Yes. If I'm meal prepping, I weigh my quinoa, my tofu. I'm not as hardcore as some people. I think some people take it over the edge. Yeah. They start weighing their vegetables. They start weighing their salt. They're weighing their, you know, chili pepper, their turmeric. I'm like, why? If you're 
if you look different, it's not the turmeric and the veggies that are doing the issue for you. Okay. It's I never even heard of anyone measuring spices before. Yes. People legit will wow. measure spices, man. And it's like <laughs> it, it, the veggies and black pepper are not going to be your catalyst for why your weight is not changing or why your body composition is not changing. Yeah. So it's really, I'm somewhere in between there. I, I prep and plan about 80% of my meals. The other 20 right now, I can eat more intuitively. Now I do have a good understanding of what certain calories and macros and stuff look like. So I have that going for me, but still like I'll make pizza, we'll eat burgers, we'll, you know, we'll eat Asian food, whatever. We'll throw that stuff in. Yeah. You know what kind of macros I can still have to work with for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I do still advocate clean eating in general. You know, you, you don't want to eat. If it fits your macros, doesn't mean you eat Doritos and ice cream because it fits your ratios. You can. Yeah. You're, you're probably going to feel like shit. You're probably not going to perform at your best that way either. Well, I don't know. What do you do? What do you? I mean, you stay in really good shape. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. Where um, I I actually I haven't just counting my calories religiously for the past like six years. Even when I'm bulking, like cutting, maintaining, whatever, it's just such a habit. I'm sure it's probably the same for you. Yeah. It becomes such a second nature thing where it's just like, oh, you know, pop it on a food scale, just measure it out on a, a, a pan or whatever and just cook it. Like it's it's not that hard. Even when I'm not competing anymore, I will probably still do that just because it's so ingrained and I'm just so used to doing it. And it's such it's also just such a convenience thing too. Like, yeah, I don't have time during the week to make all my meals during the middle of the day. It's yeah not feasible it's also it it almost feels like once you really are good with uh you know calorie counting and everything and it's like really like second nature it almost feels like it's a little uh cheat code to like you know manipulate your body exactly how you want where everyone's like oh i can't lose weight i can't gain weight whatever and you're just like just fucking cut 200 calories start with that or add 200 calories like get to 500 eventually you're definitely going to lose or gain weight eventually you know sure yeah. And I find that a lot because I used to do a lot of coaching on the side and I would I'd work with people and, you know, they were like, well, I don't want to have to count calories and do all this. Okay. Then how are you going to know? Like, yeah, but you've got to know kind of the baseline. I understand you don't want to count calories forever. I don't think anyone should necessarily have to. Mm-hmm. Same time, you got to establish a baseline first. Yeah. Then you can kind of go from there to where you can eat more intuitively because you understand more. I mean, if you tell someone... Like let's say peanut butter, for example, you look at a jar of peanut butter and it says one serving is whatever, 190 calories or whatever. Yeah. People can realistically scoop that and tell me exactly that that is one serving. Mm -hmm. It could be a hundred. It could be 300. You're you're, going to get off. So that's, uh, that's really funny because one of my buddies, um, he was like talking about, he went to the doctor because his, uh, I think his, uh, some of his blood markers were off and he was like, talking about his diet and he was like oh yeah like i usually you know i eat like a, a serving of table uh, of uh peanut butter and um he like goes back to like look at how much he was actually eating and it was like five tablespoons of peanut butter in his smoothie or something like half a jar. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but you don't like your average person you know they just take like a big you know spoonful or something and they're just like oh this is probably one serving if they never measure it they have no idea exactly exactly I, I could not agree more with that. That's the big thing is when you actually see what, let's say you put a meal together, mm-hmm. this is 600 calories. Now I know what 600 calories of this looks like. And yeah. You know a little better. 600 yeah. calories for quinoa and tofu and veggies is going to look a hell of a lot different than 600 calories of peanut butter. Yes. Yeah. 
Definitely. And you, you just never know unless you actually have a basic knowledge of like calorie counting and nutrition. Yes. So it kind of, it kind of is like a little cheat code, you know, like most people just don't know. <laughs> and a lot of people also don't realize that like in America, for example, you can be off, I think it's 20% on the nutrition labels. So like they can be within a 20% range. So even if you are counting, you're not hitting it accurately 100% of the time. You can yeah. get absolutely perfect and you're still not going to hit it right on. And that's okay. It's getting in the field, getting in that little range. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point too, because like no matter how much you try to count something super accurately, this goes back to what you were saying about like why it's pointless to try to count things like, you know, herbs and spices that you add to food. Right. Like it's going to make such a small difference. Whereas other things are just going to be off on the nutrition label where you can never get it exactly perfect. But the idea is like get as close as you can and it's going to be good enough to like drive progress the way you want. Yep. As long as you're controlling those very, I mean, if you, if you use a bunch of seasonings, make sure you're using that amount of seasonings every week when you do it. Yeah. You use a lot of sodium, use that amount of sodium. As long as you're not adjusting that stuff, you'll have a much better idea. So what's your, um, so you, I'm trying to think of where to, I guess to keep uh, sticking with training for a little bit and we'll, we'll touch on like, uh, you know, your diet and veganism specifically in a little bit, but to kind of go back to, to training. So you kind of touched on how you were drawn to more like uh, individualized, you know, like uh, individual sports, I guess, like where you're not working with a team, you're kind of more working by yourself. I can definitely relate to that too, because I just never liked working with a team. Like I grew up, I, I, I always just hated it. I, I was kind of drawn to skateboarding and stuff where it's like, oh, come on, are you for real? <laughs> yeah. Wait, oh yeah. I saw you post some photos of like you doing a kickflip or something, right? Yep. Yep. I was a old school skater back in the day. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I think we're about the same age. Are you, uh, you're like 30, 31? I'm 31. Yeah. I, I just turned 30. So we're pretty close. Um, yeah, I grew up, uh, skateboarding and, um, I always liked that because it was like, you progress on your own terms, you do your own thing, you're your own competition. And that's what drew me to weightlifting, which feels like it's probably really similar for you. Right. Right. It's, it's that individual mentality. I'm in control of how much better I get at this yeah. and nobody else is having any kind of factor. You, people can help you. You can learn more. People can assist you. But at the end of the day, if you're not putting the work in, you're not going to progress. Yeah. That's what I love about it too. Um, so I, I thought that was really, I, I meant to say something earlier, but just looking back, I'm just like, damn, like I can totally relate to that. <laughs> so um, when you first got into to lifting and stuff, what was your, how, how did it differ from now? Cause I know you said that you kind of got into more serious uh, programming and stuff recently. Yeah. So, um, to touch base on like what we said in the beginning, my body dysmorphia really being off back in the day. Um, when I first got into training, it was, you know, I was so undersized that I thought after all the calories, lift all the weights, try to do everything like balls to the wall. 100% all the way. And in about a year and a half, I went from, I think somewhere around 160 pounds mm -hmm. to 205. Okay. And it was not pretty. It was not good weight at all. But my dysmorphia was so messed up at the time that I thought I was 205 pounds and I thought I was still super tiny. Mm -hmm. And now looking back on those pictures, I look like a damn water buffalo. I look <laughs> horrible. My face is this big around, yeah. I have no shape. It looks just like Michelin man everywhere. Yeah. But my dysmorphia was so off that I couldn't tell. I was drinking these, um, oh shit, what was the, I think Optimum Nutrition used to make this mass gainer. Dude, you're, everything you're saying right now, I feel like you're me 
because I literally have done the same exact fucking thing. Yes. Like graduating high school, I'm, I was six foot, about 150 pounds. So yeah, drinking Optimum Nutrition Mass Gainer Shakes. And um, I was drinking like Russian Bear 6000 or something, which was like just some, you know, another weight gainer thing. Right. I relate so hard to this right now. So weight gainer it had that scoop in it that was the sign of, of a fucking laundry scoop. And it was yes. like two of these. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. And it, but it was like 1,200 calories in it. Had like right. 300 grams of carbs, but it was like shitty processed genetically modified carbs that yeah. nothing good for you. You just felt lethargic, but you were like, got to grow, bro. Got to get, yeah. got to get big. <laughs> yeah and you just yeah i did the same thing just dirty bulk like crazy got fat and the only way i actually knew eventually was because my friend was like dude you're, you're fat yeah and then you like look at a picture and you're like you're right yeah then, yeah you don't realize it until like someone says it or you look at yourself one day and it's like, holy shit you're right i look yeah. like this it hurt it hurt at first and i was like dude i i'm fat <laughs> yeah well see I, I also had this weird uh mindset when I first started working out that I was like you know my my dream weight is like 215 I said I bet I'll look really good at like 215 and for some reason that was just kind of burned into my brain was yeah this 215 that's where I'm gonna want to look good that's where I'll be fine mm -hmm. I've never been 215 ever I still don't know what that looks like but <laughs> I don't need to be that big I know that now if I looked if I was 215 like I am now I'd be too big for yeah. myself I wouldn't want that personally that's too much. Yeah, you would just feel kind of like, like you said, like once you start eating so much, you just start feeling sluggish and uh, yeah, you don't feel good. I mean, honestly, if anyone else saw you and you were 215, you'd probably just look like a ball of muscle at this point because you already have the muscle. But the thing is, it's, it's more about like how you feel. And if you go into the gym and you feel like shit, I mean, you're not going to train as hard. It, it makes sense why you wouldn't want to be that way, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm 31. This isn't forever. Yeah. Yeah. Got a kid. I want to be able to play with her. I want to be able to run around and do stuff. There's no yeah. point that I need to be that big where I can't even, if I can't reach all the parts of my body anymore, Yeah, I don't need to be that big. Yeah. I definitely have the same mentality about that. Like I, I definitely grew up the same way as you just having this, like, you know, I'm too skinny. I'm too skinny kind of like voice in the back of my head. And uh, I still, I feel like that doesn't ever really go away. And I think, if I think anything, it gets heightened whenever you start working out. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes it worse. Even though like you kind of know you look better, you're still like, you know, there's still that insecurity there. Yep. yep. It's, it's a double-edged sword for sure, because you, you are improving and you can see it and you know, even in the back of your mind, you're, you know, I look yeah. better. I'm stronger. I'm more confident. But then on the flip side, it rears its ugly head every now and then. And you'll yeah. just have that flare up of like, this looks, I look like ass. Yeah. I don't look, I look tiny or <laughs> I have the day, I have the days where I feel skinny and then I get home and I look fat. I feel like I look fat. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, I think we all, we all just go through it, you know, just being involved in this whole, uh, you know, I don't know, what do you, whatever you want to call it, like fitness, uh, fitness game, I guess. I mean, we all just go through it at some point. <laughs> Um, so going back to like your training specifically, how did you get more into like, uh, programming or like how have your training philosophies kind of changed over the years? So I've always done kind of a bro split mentality. Yeah. Um, I used to do like a true bro split, like chest one day, back one day, legs one day, arms one day, shoulders one day. That's just not 
into like it's not productive that way mm-hmm. um i've shifted to where it's more like push pull leg mm-hmm. um that's where i feel more comfortable um i used to do that like six times a week so i would do two push two pulls and two legs mm-hmm. but for me that's just too much yeah i'm not able to recover fully from it it was more detrimental to my progress mm-hmm. and for me my hard assness my stubbornness of my head was saying you got to be in the gym we got to be able to grow yeah. let's get in there and didn't want to take the time to recover like i knew kind of deep down mm-hmm. that i need to so i think it was the pandemic actually kind of brought that to light a little bit was dude you don't need to be in the gym six times a week for an hour and a half yeah you can rear it down to four or five and probably progress better mm-hmm. so i turned it down to four and progress just kept going kept going mm-hmm. I, I was doing one push one pull one leg and then my fourth day i call that my weakness day i take my body parts that i feel like are lagging and i work on that for the extra time mm-hmm. so for me <clears throat> it was chest and arms i feel like my chest is freaking terrible i feel like my arms are undersized proportionally so i would always do chest and arms okay now that i'm in prep i've dumped bumped it up to five days so i do two push two pull and one leg because mm-hmm. my legs don't need as much work as my upper body does they they stay pretty full um my upper body i think is my biggest lag so i like to hit it twice a week Mm -hmm. are you you back in the gym you still home gymming yeah so i I can definitely relate to that in the sense that so i was working a couple jobs at the same time uh about um you know uh let's say from i think it was like you know all through may and a little bit in uh uh, what do you call it? Just right, like right before that, like, and uh, I had to um, kind of just take what I could get because it was just so many hours. So I cut it down. I cut my workouts down to three days a week, and I still made. Um, I, I I wouldn't necessarily say I made progress at this point because I've been working out for like you know eleven years now, but I maintained everything, and that was the first time I think I ever worked out consistently for uh, three days a week. And um, yeah, I mean. I trained kind of a little closer to failure and everything and used more machines overall just to kind of like superset stuff just for the sake of time. Um, but I found that I didn't lose any progress and I felt like strong. I felt good. And I just transitioned back. So I just moved back to Brooklyn uh, finally because I was living kind of in Pennsylvania for a little bit um, with family and stuff. And then we moved back to Brooklyn, my girlfriend and I, to get a new place. And um, I have enough room now for a basement gym. So I got like a squat stand and everything. I got like a couple barbells. I got a bunch of plates, got like a dip, a dip rack and everything. Um, so like I'm back to training in the basement and I love it, but I'm, you know, I kind of took a little bit from, I was training five days a week and just like going balls to the walls with volume. Yep. And I kind of just mix that with how I was working out like three days a week while I was working ex- double, like double time. Uh, and kind of just like met in the middle and I found that it works really well for me. It's just like four days a week, like not working out for two and a half hours because I'm just insane. Just, you know, yep. hour and a half or something. Yeah. It works really good. That's what a lot of people don't understand is they think that being go, go, go is yeah. going to hear like adhere and make better results or, Oh, if I do more volume and more sets, I'm going to, that's inherently going to make me grow more. Yeah. Really? Like if you look, if you listen to any of the people that know their shit, those people that study, do the scientific journals, those kinds of things. Mm. I think for people like us that are more experienced in our training, we've done it for years and years. They say no more than 15 to 20 working sets per week per body yeah. part. Yeah. You do the math, you split that over two, you're doing somewhere between eight to 10. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. 
people think I got to go in there on chest day and do four sets of bench and four sets of incline. And then I got to do, I don't know, four sets of neutral press. And then I got to do four sets of cable cross. And then I got to do four sets low to high. They're doing all this shit. And I'm like, you're doing more damage than your body can recover from. Yeah. That does not work. No, like my chest day. Well, my push day, I do four sets on like dumbbell press. Mm-hmm. I do three sets of incline and I do three sets of cables. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's my chest workout. Yeah. That's all you need. If you're going progressive overload and you are going between zero to one reps in reserve, you're that close to failure, you're going to grow. Yeah. You got to push it that way. Like don't work. Don't worry about volume. I got to get 20 to 30 sets. Do 10 sets and make those 10 sets the hardest fucking sets you can make them. Yeah, definitely. Do you follow any sort of uh, like, I, I'm, I'm assuming you, you follow like Mike Israel and stuff like that. Yeah, that's exactly who I was thinking about. Okay. I got that impression. Do you follow like a, like a weekly progression model or anything in terms of like bumping up, uh, you know, lowering RIR and like raising, you know, uh, reps or lowering reps and raising weight? Hit or miss. Uh, my workouts are basically the same. If I can push weight, I'll try, I try to do a little progressive overload. I'll try to add five pounds or something each week, but I always basically go between zero and one reps in reserve. Okay. There, I look like I'm about to die after every set. Cause it just looks like I'm just going to collapse the weight on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, I do that for four to six weeks for a mesocycle. And then I'll kind of come down. Cause I know that I need to do kind of a deload mm-hmm. right. and recover for a week. Deloads are hard, man. That's hard. That's the hardest week of it all is cause you feel, all right, I feel good now. I want to push it. Yeah. You shouldn't. So that's... You're, like, you're doing dumbbell presses with like fifties and you're like, I really want to just crank it up. And you're like, nope, I don't need to. I can just tone it down. It's yeah. All right. I always have mixed feelings about deloads because like, they're so nice when you finally get to it. But at the same time, I feel like because I'm so fatigued and like, I'm in this weird mental state where even like 50%, 60% of my one rep max feels fucking heavy because I'm not, I don't go in like with caffeine or anything. I go in with like this mentality where like, Oh, this is going to be so easy. And then I just start like getting under the barbell and I'm like, damn, this is still like, just feels heavier than it should. <laughs> you don't stim yourself out. <laughs> not, not for a deload. Do you? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of a caffeine fiend. I don't even know if it does anything for me anymore, yeah. to be honest. I've been pat, but I, I do try to stick more with the natural caffeines. I drink coffee or I drink tea mm-hmm. before I work out, but even still, sometimes hit or miss. But yeah, I'll, I try to keep everything consistent. Even if it's a deload, try to take the same supplementation and stuff that I take in a given, any given week. Okay. There and just hit it a little bit less hard uh-huh. so your body can recover a little bit better. Yeah, I think my thing is usually I ramp up caffeine over like over the uh, the weeks of a mesocycle and I get to the uh, the deload and I cut out the caffeine and kind of reset usually. And I think uh, resetting the caffeine, like just doing nothing for a little bit kind of makes me feel like it shocks me a little bit where I'm like, damn, I kind of needed this caffeine mentally. (laughs) I think that's actually probably a good idea. I think me pounding caffeine day in and day out, my body's probably too used to it. And I should probably cycle off of it for a little bit. That's exactly that's what I just went through uh, because what I was just talking about when I was working like extra hours, I was just pounding the caffeine because I have to get in the gym at like, uh, uh, you know, four thirty, well, 5 a.m. some mornings, I get up at 430, get in the gym at five. And uh, I was just loading up on caffeine, like 300 milligrams to get in the, the gym. And for me, that was a lot, but I was doing that like way too much, like every day of the week almost. Yeah, I did that. 
I was doing, so I wake up during the week. I wake up at four 30. I get to the gym by five 15, five 30. Always. Uh, yeah, well right now, because I'm, I'm on okay. daddy duty with the little one. So I like to get my workout in, come right. home spend the day with her, um, over the summer. But yeah, I was doing that and I would have like a coffee with my like oatmeal and stuff that I eat before I work out. Mm-hmm. Then I was drinking those fucking Celsius and it was so much liquid and it was so much caffeine, but it's not natural caffeine that I would get there and I'd start warming up on the treadmill and I'd just like kill over. Like, I'd be like, okay, my stomach feels like ass. Like, oh yeah, get me off. I warm up on the treadmill for like five minutes and then I, I can't walk anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I usually just stick to uh, either coffee, like, a, I don't know, Americanos or something, just espresso. Bro, you are like, we're like twins or something. I don't know. America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting that vibe too. I'm definitely getting that vibe. But uh, if I don't. in Brooklyn, so I'm also thinking about Champ's Diner now because that stuff yeah. is amazing. If you like Champ's, there's way. I think Champ's, disappointingly, in my opinion, has gone down in quality. It sucks because they were so good before, but there's a lot of really good uh, new vegan places too. So. If you ever make it back here, I have tons of suggestions for you. I just remember going there and being like, I mean, obviously Texas doesn't have a lot of them, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm walking down the street in, near Times Square. And I'm like, vegan, vegan. All right, let's go. Yeah. Let's get all these places. Yeah, that's how I felt like traveling to uh, Berlin, especially like some places overseas or just tons of vegan places. New York's pretty good. Um, I haven't been to Texas yet, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to go there. There's not much vegan food though hit or miss i mean really i'm near i'm outside dallas so it's not terrible there's there's a few options Uh it's still mostly steakhouses and burgers and you know it's it's your it's not as stereotypical of what you think texas is but it's also damn sure not in new york Uh, what about like austin yeah it's got a lot more but austin's also super known for its barbecue so you have like like a hardcore vegan side of it. And then you have like a hardcore, like traditional steak and potatoes people. So okay. <laughs> there's probably a good hybrid though, right? Like vegan barbecue there somewhere. There is. And uh, Austin's just a cool area in general. It's just funky compared to everything else too. So it's a cool place to visit. If you ever okay. make it here. Yeah. You know, what was that? I said, if you make it here, I'd go to Austin. Austin. Dallas is great too, but Austin is probably going to be more of a hot spot for you. Okay, that, that's good to know because I do want to go there eventually. But, um, you know, I was obviously trying to get through this whole pandemic stuff. And now I feel like everything's opening up a little bit. I, there's so many places I want to go to. <laughs> I'm with you. After not being able to travel at all for yep. the last basically year and a half, we have like a laundry list of places that are on our to-do list. Yeah, I think everyone feels the same way. And I know like for me this summer, everyone's trying to make plans like every weekend and stuff. And I'm just like, dude, I don't even know where, like I have to come up with a calendar now. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to go back to start kind of touching on diet a little bit, but I'm curious about, so for the last, like, let's say like right now almost, how does your diet change when you get closer to competition or how does your, cha- your training and diet change, I guess, the closer you get to competition? So the big thing for me is to keep everything as close to consistent as I can. Mm -hmm. I don't want to throw in any type of variables that are unknown. Mm -hmm. Um, So really if I'm running the same macros and I know I need to cut calories, um, it's going to come out of my carbs. I try to keep protein and fats basically where they are because I know that I'm going to need those carbs are the ones you can kind of fluctuate a little bit more. Right. Um, So 
Right now, it's just gradually decreasing carbs slightly as it progresses. Mm -hmm. But my training style, the same. Okay. If you train heavy as fuck, train heavy as fuck throughout the whole thing. If you train more high volume, do that the whole time. Whatever you've been doing, the last thing you want to do is try to switch it up. And some coaches will have you manipulate water or manipulate sodium or, you know, they'll try to throw in these different things. They'll completely switch your macros around. To me, that's just too detrimental. It has too much of a risk factor for me. Uh, and when I trained to do my show in 2019, you know, it's natural when you're starting to, uh, you know, lose calories, your body's going to shut down a little bit more. It's going to be harder to push the weights that you were pushing when you're right. 2,500 to 3,000 calories when you're closer to that 2,000 calorie range. Mm -hmm. But you still got to try to push it the way that you always have. Mm -hmm. That's just going to be the best thing, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm such a kidding body dysmorphia and try to be an egomaniac that uh actually probably lift heavier when i'm on lower calories just because i know aesthetically mm -hmm. it'll look better doing it so it's weird like i'm still in there with you know 100 pound dumbbells on chest press like let's do this and i'm like on a caloric deficit and i'm have zombie face and all this yeah. and i'm let's go let's do this <laughs> i definitely respect that because i i know how hard it can get i mean I never dieted to like, I don't know, show levels or anything, I don't think, but I've been fairly lean and I know how, you know, your energy levels can go down, obviously. I mean, you're eating less calories. You're literally feeling yourself less. So it does get way harder to grind those weights out. So mad respect, dude. It's it's the caffeine, bro. It's all, <laughs> all it is. I got to keep that in mind next time I, uh, I go to cut a lot, just load up the you, caffeine. You look like you stay lean basically year round from everything I see is it doesn't look like there's a lot of fluctuation. Is yeah, your body composition. I think that um, I just I feel like I can stay lean fairly easy. Um, I think but it's just a natural ectomorph in us from when we're younger. It, yeah, it does help a lot. Yeah, um, like I've compared my calories to some of my other friends who are also actually one of my closest friends is uh, vegan and um, you know really into lifting and stuff. And he's jacked. He's jacked as fuck. But he um, his calories are just so much lower than mine. Like for him to maintain. Like I maintain it like at this body, body fat, I probably maintain it like uh 32, 3,300 calories. Good he, Lord, man. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm kind of slowly cutting right now on like 2,800 calories. Um, and I'm like, I think I, I don't really know what body fat I really am, but I feel pretty lean right now. Um, for me to maintain, it would be like 32, 3,300, but compared to him, uh, his would be like 2,500 or something. And it's just a huge difference. It's, it's weird. That is a lot. I mean, I'm at, I'm usually for maintenance is somewhere between 27 and 2,800 for me. Okay. Uh, and I get too much more, I get too much more than that. I'm going to start gaining some fat. Right. Uh, well, you're, you're, you know, like obviously to point out the, the lower your body fat is the, you know, the lower your maintenance calories are going to be too. So if we, you know, if we were up to like 15% body fat or something, you know, our maintenance would probably be way higher too. Which I think a lot of people forget that, um, but yeah, I just feel like I can maintain like a, a lower body fat fairly easy, and I just like the look of it more. And you know, like we kind of touched on that, like body dysmorphia starts kicking in more, and I just feel like shit mentally if I put on more weight. So even when I'm like fourteen percent body fat, which really is not high at all, it's not high at all. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's, you're well within a healthy athletic range at fourteen percent, oh. but. Yeah, absolutely. But even when I get around there, I'm just like, oh, like, I don't like the way this looks. So summer's coming, blah, blah. You know, it's it's not healthy. <laughs> I saw those uh, I saw those triceps on that deadlift yesterday. Was that yesterday? 
I was like, yeah, I think I posted a couple days ago. Or something. I was like, he can like take, I'll take those. <laughs> Triceps popping on a deadlift. Like, I don't even know what you're doing. Dude, I swear to God, it's just, it, it's just because I have a small ass frame. I only weigh a hundred and fucking 70, I don't know, 76 pounds or something in the morning. Like I'm just a small guy. It's just an illusion. How tall, <laughs> How tall are you? Six foot? Six feet tall. You make it look bigger though. Like for real. Like 176 at six foot, you make it look fucking huge compared that's, to. Yeah, that's good to hear because, yeah, like like we just talked about, I mean, I have that constant being like, oh, I'm too skinny. I'm too skinny, you know, yeah. but I do like. I, things. I honestly wouldn't have pegged you there. I would have said you were closer to like 190 for real. That's really good to hear because, yeah, I feel like with I just get the right angles when I'm filming myself. But if I get a different angle with a shirt on, I'll look like I don't lift. <laughs> it's the worst. I'm like, can I roll these sleeves up a little bit so you can actually see that it's there's some yeah I, i'm with you that's why i wear the tiny shorts dude if i yeah. wear shorts that go past my knees you wouldn't think i have legs at all well we both have those longer you know long guy legs oh yeah dude i'm all legs and torso i look i am stretched out for sure yeah how are um how squatting for you do you find uh i don't know because you do have longer legs you find squatting difficult or anything depends so i'm not a big barbell squatter Okay. Uh, I used to be, uh, I used to really overload and try to do a lot of barbell stuff, but uh -huh. for me, I don't think that my legs respond super well to it okay. uh, from an overall strength and progression, like progression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Barbell's great, but I don't think it's for everyone. I think certain movements are going to be better for certain body styles. Mm -hmm. um, and you got to pick the one that's most best for you. Just because everyone says you got a barbell squat doesn't mean you got a barbell squat to make your legs grow. Now, yeah. if you want to fucking power lifter yeah yeah do a squat. But that's not what i do so uh, if you see my stuff on instagram i don't touch barbell squat i do yeah. squats or hack squats that's all i do yeah uh, I've, I've noticed that do you feel like when you when you did barbell squat that you had to be bent over a lot to kind of you know maintain that yeah, center I, balance? Did, I did low bar uh just because my upper body would naturally dip over and it was just easier right. to maintain high bar yeah especially when the weight goes up because that's just really hard on your abs when yeah maintain but um well especially for taller guys i would say i mean if you're a shorter guy with you know shorter legs you're going to stay way more upright with like a right. low bar squat as opposed to a low bar squat for a guy with like you know long femurs oh for sure and i i've never struggled with hitting depth and that's one thing i'm super hard on is just fucking hit your depth if you're squatting right. squat definitely i'm not one to trash people like i don't like to dog people that are because if you're in the gym we're all in there doing it together. Mm -hmm. um, hats off to you for getting in it. But the guys that go in there, put 315 on squat and then squat where their calf and hamstring are making a 45 degree angle. Yeah. You're not impressing me, bro. The guy <laughs> in there with 95 pounds on there that's going ass to grass or to 90. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. Yes. I completely agree. I couldn't agree more, actually. <laughs> like, I, I just, uh, that's one thing that bothers me is, I, and then you're like, do I help them? Do I not help them? Because you're like, am I the asshole if I go up there and like try to like help them with this? But then if you're not, they're just going to keep doing it. I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. know how you feel about that. But uh, dude, I've definitely seen people deadlifting with cat back and you're like, yo, listen, I, like I'm thinking much of myself. I've been there before when I first started deadlifting. Yep. I want I would want somebody to say something to me when I was doing that. But at the same time, I know that because I'm so hard-headed, I would get like pissed off about it and never change anyways. Yeah. So I usually just don't say anything, but um, I, you know, I wish I could. <laughs>
if it's real bad, I'll be like, let me help you out here. But if it, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't want someone to snap their back in half trying to rip 315 off the floor with their yeah. Jordans on. <laughs> yeah, it's always someone wearing like uh, running shoes yeah. with those crazy soles. You made your first mistake by wearing those while doing this, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's a great conversation, but just to just to pull us back a little bit uh, to the the diet stuff. So I, I'm interested in uh, you know when you when you went plant based uh, slash vegan and, and kind of like what your purposes were and kind of yeah. like how you did it. You know, did you go vegetarian for a little bit? Did you just go cold turkey or right to vegan? And like how how did it switch? How did your diet switch in terms of like you know, what was it before? What was it after? And like, yeah. while, if you were lifting at the same time, did it, you know, was there any difference there? So, um, you know, growing up in Texas, it was very traditional Texas, you know, style foods. Uh, I don't know about you, but I remember distinctly thinking back on it. And when I look back and reflect on it now, I was like always meant to be plant-based and always meant to be like, I just know based on what I used to eat, like I remember when my mom would make like chicken dumplings when I was a kid and I would like hate the fucking chicken, but I'd love the dumpling, like bring the dumpling on. I never liked milk. I never liked eggs. I just ate them or drank them because I had this mentality of this is what you're supposed to do. And this is how you get strong. You know, we're all brainwashed by the marketing and shit that, you know, when, how can you not be when they're pumping millions and millions of dollars into it? But um right. Fast forward, I was in college, uh, I was like 19 or something at the time. And I was watching, for, don't ask me why, but Oprah was on. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they were uh, going into a slaughterhouse. And I remember they were going in the slaughterhouse and they were showing, well, they actually couldn't show how the cows were slaughtered because, mm -hmm. you know, that's not good for TV. You can't show that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking, <clears throat> you know, I'm sitting there watching this and I'm petting my dog. And I just kind of made that connection of they're not different. They mm -hmm. both have souls. They're both living beings. What's the difference here? Um, so I went vegetarian, like smack dab right there, cold turkey. Let's do this. And how old were you there? Uh, 19. 19, okay. Yeah, so I was, uh, I went vegetarian, like straight up. I was still, I didn't really fuck with dairy a lot. <clears throat> That's just never really sat well with me. Um, but I was eating eggs and drinking whey protein because it's, again, I was, you got to have this stuff to grow. You know, I still yeah. had mentality and that's when I was drinking those laundry scoop shakes of mass gainer. Disgusting. Yeah. But, um, I kind of knew I, even when I first went vegetarian, I was like, one day I will go vegan. I know I will. I know that will be a step for me, mm -hmm. but selfishly I held off on doing it because I thought it would be detrimental to me working out. Cause I had just started working out around the same time that I made the switch. Right. You know, I was gaining, I was progressing, but I thought, <coughs> I thought if I take this eggs out or if I take this whey protein out, am I going to lose everything that I've gained so far? And also to be fair at the time, you know, early 2010s yeah. protein powder tasted like ass. It was <laughs> They did not have good options for us back then. Yeah. So uh, I just remember always thinking, I'm going to do this one day, but I selfishly held off on doing it. And then one day, I don't know why, <clears throat> but I just randomly was like, you know what? I don't care. I said, I feel like a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Not going to keep living like this. And switch. Boom. Veganism that day. Yeah. Back. And guess what? I haven't lost a thing. Mm -hmm. And you progressing. I feel like I'm 
aligned with my morals. I feel like I'm kind of, I don't want to say breaking stereotypes, but in a way, yeah. Uh, I'm not a super preachy vegan. I'm not going to shout it from the rooftops. I'm not going to come and condemn you and slap you down if you're eating a burger or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like to lead by example. I like to, you know, I, no shit. I, I, I knew we were going to have this conversation today. I was at the gym today. <coughs> Sorry. This girl randomly comes up to me. She goes, can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, she goes, what do you think about the carnivore diet? She goes, she goes, I did it and I didn't take a shit for 30 days and I feel like it gave me septic and all that. And then she started talking and I go, yeah, I think it's horrible for you. It's like your body literally wants nothing but carbohydrates. It literally wants glycogen. That's how your brain functions. That's how your organs function. Mm-hmm. Power your muscle cells. It's like, that is literally all your body wants. And she looked at me, she goes, so you would never do it? I said, I said, I'm vegan. I haven't had meat in 11 years. And she goes, shut the fuck up. <laughs> they just like looked at me and was like, shut up. Like she couldn't, people still can't make that connection that mm. you can be in good shape and be plant-based at the same time. Mm. So I just thought that was really weird. But um, yeah. yeah, for me, I feel like I recover better. I feel like I have less inflammation. I'm obviously having zero cholesterol. That's what another thing people don't realize is that yep. cholesterol is literally only found in animal foods. Mm-hmm. So blood flow is better. Like my vitals are better. Uh, my skin is better. You know, my hair didn't make it, but my skin <laughs> made it. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I had horrible, horrible acne and stuff when I was eating like animal based foods and stuff. And like, no kidding, as soon as I stopped eating it, helped it so much just overnight. Um, and it helps get you, I think, out of a bubble of people always ask me, what do you even eat as a vegan? What do you eat as a carnivore? You yeah. eat as a- you are as an omnivore, you eat the same shit every day. You eat wow. chicken and rice or like burgers. You haven't went outside your bubble to try all these thousands of foods that are out there. I've never tried more foods in my life than when I went plant-based and wanted to explore what else was out there. Yeah. So I don't know. How, what's your experience like? Did you, uh, were you a cold turkey one? Did you vegetarian at first? What's the. Dude, that was a, yeah, that was a great story. I, I, completely relate to almost everything you said there on my own end, actually. Um, I also went, oh, I went vegetarian at 20 um, because I had a class in college uh, where it was a nutrition class and uh, the teacher was flexitarian, he called himself, but he was like really plant-based, I guess, when it came down to me, like very, very little uh, meat or animal products at all or anything. But, you know, he still let himself eat it, I guess, a little bit. He wasn't like an ethical vegan is what I'm trying to say. Right. So he had us watch like um, uh, Forks Over Knives and um, Food Inc. And, uh, you know, stuff like that. It was like popular back then. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like watching that, I was like, damn, like I never liked meat really growing up. I only, I, I literally had my first hamburger in my life when I was 16 and I only ate like five of them. And I was like, these are kind of fucking gross, man. <laughs> um and uh, yeah, like besides that, I ate chicken and that was it. Like f- seafood disgusted me, um, pork disgusted me, like all that stuff. I was just like, I don't know why, but I just find this gross. And I thought that I was like weird. Yeah. Um, but all I could eat was like, you know, chicken breast because I, well, eventually I thought I wanted to, you know, get jacked and I thought you had to eat chicken breast. But then shortly after I went vegetarian, like very shortly after I started lifting, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of stayed vegetarian for four years, uh, because I thought I couldn't go vegan because I, you know, I was a broke college kid. And I was like, 
oh, you know, I can't go vegan. It's too much money. And I don't know what I'm doing. And also that lingering thought in the back of my head was like, well, what if I can't build as much muscle? And I think you can relate to this too, probably. Um, back then there was like very few uh, lifter, there were virtually no lifters yeah. that were vegan, maybe a few that were vegetarian. I think like Bill Pearl, like that Jack's bodybuilder, from Olympia, the Olympia bodybuilder. Yeah. Um, he was one that was like vegetarian, but I was like, I don't see anyone that's vegan. That's like jacked. And there was like vegan gains back then, mm-hmm. but I was like, this guy's not jacked. No. No. <laughs> um, yeah. But there was uh, when I first went vegan, there was uh, Brian Turner uh, and there was uh, John Venus, who uh, yeah. I have mixed opinions about that guy anymore. But that's different because he's, he's done this shit over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He flip flops all the time. Yeah, I, I, to be completely honest, I fucking hate the dude. But um, either way, I like Brian Turner a lot, and he like was a big inspiration for me. So I was like, you know, people are doing this. I guess I just got to do this because I knew that you know I watched Forks Over Knives and stuff from a health perspective, I was like, well, why don't I just cut out the dairy, like uh, dairy and the eggs? I don't need it. And then also I was kind of thinking more about like, you know, the ethical reasons, obviously. And I started for the health purposes mainly. I just kind of went cold turkey from vegetarian, well, not cold turkey. I was vegetarian for four years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just kind of overnight was like, I'm just gonna cut it all out and give it a shot. Um, everything went great. I ran, uh, what do you call it? The um, small off squat routine, which you probably know. Um, which has insane volume. Um, and my squat went up like 50 pounds or something while being vegan. So I got like stronger than ever. Um, and then for the past five years being vegan, I feel like I, you know, even lifting for as long as I have, I feel like I put on more muscle and like, you know, granted it's not a ton at this point anymore, but I feel like my body composition is better. Um, and yeah, obviously I'm vegan for the animals more than anything now. Same. Um, it's all about ethical for me like that's yeah. i'm such a softy for that now like yeah that was my original intent why i went vegetarian but then i because i didn't make the connection either you know when i first went vegetarian i didn't make the okay well the milk comes from the cow so they're cool right like the cow's just chilling it's giving this milk up like yep. i didn't understand that whole horror side of that story too and that's a great like, point that was definitely how i viewed it too i just didn't know yeah you, you how are you supposed to know you're you're brainwashed kind of in a sense to believe yeah it's just you know they just produce this milk but the, what they don't say is there's a reason they produce this milk yeah it's for the calf that's not getting it so you can get it and they're impregnated all the time i mean yeah. you know there's things we we just don't know you're just like oh do cows always just give milk even though they're not pregnant you just don't think about it yeah and in a lot of ways the dairy industry is more fucked up than just the beef industry because yeah. they do some shit to them first and then as soon as they're too weak to do anything they fucking send them off to be killed. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's pretty fucked up and yeah, I'm hardcore ethical. Now I am the, there's a bug in the house. We're going to catch it in a cup and take it outside person. Yes. And, huh? Yeah. So I'm big time advocate there. And, but then it's just kind of trickled over and everything else in your life. You know, you, mm-hmm. I lift better. I sleep better. I feel like I, I feel better all around. Mm-hmm. Um, and the health reasons, like you said, like my dad is uh I guess four or five years now remission, but he had cancer and they said a lot of the reason that he had cancer was because of his diet. Oh, wow. Yeah. They said, you know, you it's prostate cancer, which they say basically every man, if you live long enough, you'll get it. But a big contributor to prostate cancer is meat and dairy consumption. Yeah. And you know, what's actually good, apparently good for prostate cancer in the studies is soy. Yep. Soy, which doesn't give you bitch tits. Yeah. (laughs) Say it louder for the people in the back. If it did, everyone would be eating it if they wanted bigger boobs. Oh, yeah. Great point. That's a great point. (laughs) 
I would be, I'd have this chest that I actually want if I, because I eat plenty of soy. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, you'd be, uh, you'd be winning all the shows for your chest alone. Exactly. <laughs> um, there's one more thing I wanted to touch on uh, for diet before we kind of get into other stuff, and that is so kind of like what your uh, your daily. I don't know, sort of what, what's like an average day of eating for you. And uh, yeah, let's, let's just leave it at that. What's like an average day of eating for you roughly. All right. So if it's a training day, wake up, bowl of oatmeal. Um, I do put protein powder cause I love protes. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you, I think you have, I think you've had it on your story one time, but the silk protein yeah. have now that's like you who shit. Is it ultra silk ultra? Yes. Okay. So I put that in there with it. And then I'll cut up some strawberries, blueberries, bananas, throw that in there. Um, then, like I said, I have a, a Pop-Tart. <laughs> That's my breakfast. I go train. Um, when I get home from the gym, I have the same oatmeal again. Uh, no Pop-Tart this time. So, <laughs> but uh, I have my oatmeal again because I love the carbs. I love protein. And oatmeal is like my jam. I could eat that every day, every meal, and be completely content. I basically do. I love yeah, oatmeal. It's so freaking good, man. Yeah. So um, I usually have that and that'll tie me over kind of until lunch. Lunch turns around. That's my big kind of volume meal in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, quinoa, tofu, veggies all over lettuce and stuff. I, I usually wouldn't eat as much lettuce and stuff. I'm eating about 12 to 15 heads of lettuce a week right now just because, <laughs> yeah. well, I need the volume. I need yeah. to feel full without blowing my calories out of the water. So I'm, I'm eating these big, grassy almost salads that just happen to have quinoa and tofu on it but yeah. um quite a bit of quinoa quite a bit of tofu uh and that's my lunch and that that leaves me full for probably three or four hours i feel mm -hmm. pretty good on that for a bit um if i get hungry i might have like a protein shake just a snack just something to tie me over and then dinner um i make something for my wife and i and like i said that could be burritos enchiladas we could go asian we can go tacos mm -hmm. We can do burgers, whatever. I kind of, uh, I try to pack more calories into the end of my day to help me tie over while I'm sleeping. That's kind of how I've always been. Uh, whether I'm training for a show or not, I'm pretty good in the morning. Well, I used to do intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. um, I would fast until about one in the afternoon and then just kind of pack all my calories in between one to nine mm -hmm. and tie over until then. Uh, I find now eating super late in the evening makes me feel like crap and I don't sleep as well. Mm -hmm. so I try to basically stop eating at seven, give my body a few hours to digest and everything before I go to bed. A lot of people don't realize that mm -hmm. your body's digesting. Like you eat something right before bed and then go to sleep, your body's digesting and you're not sleeping to recover as well because your body's having to digest. Mm -hmm. people. But um, yeah, that's basically my in and out right there is just having oatmeal, quinoa tofu, maybe a protein shake and whatever I want for dinner. Now, uh, as the show approaches, I'll probably have that same quinoa tofu meal again mm -hmm. at dinner. I'll just kind of adjust the macros on it to where it fits what I need. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of people come at me and they're like, aren't you sick of eating the same thing? Or don't you get bored with that or whatever? Yeah. And my answer is no. One, I eat food that I like. Mm -hmm. I love oatmeal. It's amazing. I can eat, like I said, I could eat it every meal if I wanted to. Quinoa and tofu, amazing. And two, I more eat for performance than anything. Yeah, people always talk about, and I, I'm not against. There's absolutely times where I eat food because it tastes good and I want to eat it. Mm -hmm. For me, it's not worth it if it's not helping me train. Yeah, it's not helping me perform. I don't want to mess with it. Really, I'd rather eat the food that I'm my body's more used to, 
because I know how my body's going to react to it. Um, I do that six days a week. Um, right now, Sundays are my refeed day. Uh, I bump ca carbs and fat up a little bit today. I don't eat on plan. I kind of eat intuitively today and eat what I want. Had oatmeal this morning. I had a burger for lunch. I had um, what I have rice and tempeh and stuff earlier, and I'll probably have something again before bed tonight. And I just kind of eat more intuitively today. <clears throat> My uh, metabolism have a break from what I usually eat, and it kind of kickstarts it again. Have a little bit more calories and kind of lights the fire again, and then I go back on my plan tomorrow. Yeah, I think refeeds are a great approach for a diet. I mean, I think everyone that's trying to get really lean should always do refeeds pretty much. Yeah. Um, do you do them every week, or do you do them like every couple of weeks? I do them every week. Every uh, week. Uh, I'm sure Jeff Nippard, I'm sure you yeah. know him. Like, so he actually did a video on it recently talking about kind of the refeed mentality and which diet approach is better. Mm -hmm. and the refeed, he actually said there was science that backed it up. Uh, unfortunately, it said it takes somewhere between 36 and 48 hours to truly have a glycogen refeed. Right. For me, it really starts Saturday night. I'll actually throw in some extra carbs and fat. And then Sunday is my true refeed all the way through. And then Monday I get back on plan and I feel really good doing that. But you basically do two back-to-back -back days. Yeah. But it's okay. more like a half day Saturday and then a full day Sunday. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and Sunday is my one day that I train legs. So it's nice for me to have those extra calories because I can really push it since I'm only hitting legs that one day. Right. I timed that up as well. But refeeds are great if you know what you're doing. Now, it's not a, an uncontrollable eat whatever the hell you want. If it's in front of me, eat it, blow out and do an extra 2000 calories thing. Mm -hmm. Strategic with it, you can actually, you'll wake up on, like I can, I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll be leaner than I was when I woke up this morning because yeah, it's, it's just holding more carbs, like pushing out, uh, you know, your, your muscles against your skin more and everything. It's amazing. Yeah. It, yeah. It gives you so, break. What was that? I said, and it gives you that little break, which is, always yeah. Nice. yeah. I mean, even just for the sake of me your mentally, your mental state, I mean, it, it helps a ton <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, okay. So I really wanted to touch a little bit on like the, you know, the whole toxic veganism thing that we wanted to talk, uh, talk about. Yeah. And yeah. I know that we're kind of like pressing a little bit here. I feel like it was just so fun talking about all the, uh, you know, you know, lifting and, uh, diet stuff as usual, For sure. <laughs> but I love the idea of just talking about like toxic veganism and everything and like kind of your thoughts on, you know, the vegan community in general and like what could be improved and like, what is kind of the problem. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's hit it real quick and talk about it because it's yeah. it's something that needs to be there. And it's again, <clears throat> I don't want to trash anyone particular, but there are definitely those social media ites that are advantageously taking veganism and using it to further their platform. Mm -hmm. um, I know you said John Venus earlier because you really like him. <laughs> I love him. Fucking love the guy. <laughs> but I mean, no. In, in the beginning, he had a very good platform. He was coming out, he was speaking, he was advocating for veganism. It was great. And he kind of led by example. He showed some of the foods he ate. He was training really well. He had a great physique, whatever. Yeah. Flipped the switch or whatever. And he started shitting on it. Hardcore. Yeah, definitely. And I was like, I, I, for me, it kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. Cause it's like, you know, if you choose to make that choice, fine. You know, that's your decision as a person, <clears throat> but you've made all this money and you've advocated for it for so long. Cause I remember they were like not explaining why mm -hmm. uh, he and his wife were not explaining why. And it's like, you have a platform and you have this, this audience 
I think you at least owe them an explanation of why you chose not to be this anymore. Yeah. Then I feel like everyone kind of dumped on them and then it was like, oh, I'm back. Don't worry. Veganism is great. Plant-based diet is fantastic. Yeah. And you really have to question that and be like, well, is this guy serious? Like, is he legit or is he just doing this because he lost all of his clientele? Right. Right. It's, I don't want to make that because I'd like to see the best in people or think the best of them. And maybe he just saw the light and realized, Hey, I screwed up when I said that stuff a while ago. Yeah. Is also, are you doing this for profit or what, what's your motive? It's shitty to think that someone has to have a motive, but I mean, that's kind of where we're at with social media. A lot of the stuff is, yeah, there's a reason behind it. Yeah. I mean, I'll definitely say that it's not, it's definitely not just like a vegan issue. A vegan issue. It's like, yeah social media in general but there's a lot of like just shitty people that come out and seem like they try to exploit uh you know the movement just for trying to gain personal clout like these vegan lifters and stuff um there's a few i can think of off the top of my head that they just play off the whole vegan thing and it just feels like it's really inauthentic it's like they're not really vegan they're just doing it because they realize it's like this niche and you know like a, a niche is like a great way to build a community it just doesn't feel legit at all. I agree. <clears throat> and I don't want to, again, if you're coming over to you and you take on veganism and you realize, wow, I could have been living this way and I like this particular diet and I like this lifestyle. I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm fully support it. Yeah. You know, we talked about this. We bullshit about it all the time. The people that post like still not protein deficient or vegan and still alive. And then like you look back on some of their older posts and they've been vegan for like six months. Yeah like nine months it's like dude like sometimes not even sometimes yeah, like, I, I love it i love that you're advocating for it but like some of us have been doing it for years and years and years yeah. and uh, no offense to them but i feel like we're a better representation of what it is because we've been doing it we've been in the hall of it yeah i mean so, you always you always hear the argument being like oh well yeah you can uh, you can maintain your muscle on a vegan diet but you can't like build muscle or like uh you know what about the people like you, you know no one's vegan longer than like two years or something and it's like well yeah there's a lot of us that have been vegan for way longer than a couple years and we built muscle still you know things like that it's like i don't know that always kind of annoys me when they say that when there's so many people who have been vegan now who've been vegan for so long but maybe we just don't talk about it as much because it's just like our lifestyle yeah that's why that's my thing is i never want to shove my beliefs down your throat yeah nobody ever you know i was talking about this with my wife the other day Nobody ever got bullied into going vegan. <laughs> nobody, ever, nobody ever, I never came to someone and said, hey, you're eating meat. You're a piece of shit. Do you know that came from an animal? Some animal had to die for you to do that. And they said, you know what? You're right. I'm switching now. I feel like that's a vegan gains approach. <laughs> like that is, it's never happened. Yeah. You're never going to bully someone into it. You, the better representation is to say, you're, hey man, you got a really good frame. What are you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm just you know eating plants and kicking ass. I don't know what's the time. Wait, what? Yeah, dude, I haven't eaten here. Do you want to talk about it? Like that to me is a much better approach than shoving it in your face. Yeah, I definitely think leading by example is is you know also what I'm trying to go and to, to go for. I, I'm also the same way. I don't like shoving it in people's faces. I'm not like I'm really not a very. I don't like really arguing that much in general. Like, I don't like. Uh, trying to go up to somebody and like argue again with them. If they bring it up with me, like I'm more than happy to talk about it. But if they're, if I can tell they're trying to talk to me just to fucking argue and like, they're not trying to listen, 
like i'm not gonna waste my time on it it just right i'll like i'll joke around like i'll mess around with them and then I'm, i'll just try to get out of the conversation because you just know if someone's like you know actually wanting to learn or if they're just trying to look for a fight yeah yeah i agree and i, I think you just have to try to expose people to it more and it, it's definitely getting easier to do it as time progresses yeah my parents for example we were there yesterday and we were eating they made hot dogs they made like real hot dogs for them or whatever oh. and pig anus and eyeballs and ligaments and all that <laughs> yeah and we had like the light life soy based ones and yeah. i said like, mom just try it just see what she, she ate it goes tastes like a hot dog you know and yeah it doesn't have any dead animal you could literally eat this as a good option and guess what it's probably healthier too yeah it's pretty, you know it's got i'm not saying every vegan food is like healthy because it's not yeah it's definitely a better option mm-hmm. all around but uh no the, the that whole the fitness side of the toxic veganism thing is i love it and i hate it it's a really it's a catch-22 yeah and there's some people that do you follow the uh i don't want to name drop but the vegan community page oh yeah they post a bunch of shit they do they do <laughs> and they, they post people and i'm like not the best representation no. I think I know exactly you're talking about right off the bat. And uh, I forget the dude's name, but it's like Julian something. I can't yeah. fucking stand that guy. He's like, he's literally the, like one of the reasons why I'm just like, dude, this feels like somebody who's not authentic at all. Just looking for clout. And uh, I just can't, I can't get down with that, man. I don't that's, know. that's who I was thinking of when I was talking about someone that had been for like a year. Yeah. Is, I, <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, I do like, it. I do it. But uh, the, not protein deficient or ask me how I do this on plants. And yeah, I see. Um, so I go on the, uh, the vegan fitness subreddit sometimes. I don't know if you're on Reddit at all. But... I don't do it too much. Only if I need to deep dive into something, I will. But uh... yeah, yeah. I usually, um, you know, I usually just scroll through there for like news and stuff on some reddits and like others, you know, just to kind of see what's going on. Um, but I, I occasionally look on that Reddit uh, subreddit and uh, it's always like people posting photos of themselves. And it was always just like, you know, Protein, not protein deficient. Ha ha. You know, I'm not fucking dead from lack of B12 yet. And it's like, all right, cool. I've heard this joke so many damn times now. Like, but you know what's messed up at the same time? There's so many people out there who, who still think that, you know, these, these are legit concerns. Like your average person probably does think that people who are vegan can't get enough protein. So I do kind of get it. But at the same time, if you're posting to a vegan community, like, We've heard that joke so many damn times. No, I actually, this is a true story. I can't even make this up. I had to walk away, but I work with, I work with a lady that literally like, I guess showed her husband a picture of me. Yeah. Like, Hey, it's just, you son. And like, this guy's vegan. And he got, he asked, she was like, yeah, he, he asked me, where does he get his protein? Which we've all heard, whatever. Yeah. And her answer was literally, I guess he just doesn't get any. Curious. <laughs> like she literally thought. Yeah, animal protein or was that's it. That's the only way. Yeah, all be y'all, and I'm like, well, it's yeah, it's that it kind of backs up what I was just saying. Like, a lo- I you know when I kind of just go out and uh, talk to random people, like you know I work on set a lot, and uh, you know we eat lunch together. A lot of times they're like, oh, like you look like you lift weights, like you know you're vegan though. Where do you get your protein from? And you can tell when they're being legit. You know, like kind of goes back to what I was saying again. And, you know, if they're being legit, I'm more than happy to discuss with them. Be like, you know, you, you know, I eat like tofu, I eat seitan, I eat, you know, protein powder, you know, beans. And I'll, I'm happy to go over it. But like, I don't know. At the same time, it still kind of shocks me where it's like, all right, 
it, you know, it's because we, we, we hear this all the time, though, where we think about it and we're like, oh, everyone must know this by now, right? And yeah. Still, yeah, I guess you're every person. You have to know that broccoli has protein, right? Like nobody is, or that that cow had to get that protein from somewhere, right? That's what, yeah, that's what we think. But, you know, like these people really don't know. They think, yeah. they think vegetables have zero protein all the time. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're not like powerhouses of protein necessarily, but like when you, do you I mean, do you count your, your veggie protein? Cause that shit adds up. I actually, I don't, when you I, don't. Add, I don't, but I know that there's obviously a good amount there. I, I count it. And I'm like, cause I eat like, uh, upwards of like, sometimes even like eight to 10 servings of just veggies a day. And, um, you know, that, that adds up sometimes like 25 yeah. protein or something. Yeah, that does. I mean. Like I said, I don't, but I, I give myself kind of a protein window. Right. Somewhere between like 140 to 200 grams. If I'm within that range, I feel fine. Yeah. I don't need more. I definitely don't need less, but. Yeah, I used to obsess over protein for sure. And I kind of got to a point where I'm like, you know, I'm not super concerned about it. Like, you know, me weighing about 180 pounds, give or take. If I get like 140 grams, I'm like, you know, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really what it is of. Of the three macros, I would say it's probably the least important. Like, if you're eating enough calories for your body, you're going to get enough protein. Yeah. The general, but the other ones are what you need to worry about. Yeah. That's a good point. Because I also do feel like I undereat fat. Like, if I if I don't pay attention, I'm most likely to actually undereat fat. That's how I am, too. Because I was very, I had a, my coach that I worked with my first show was like, if you eat a bunch of fat, you look, you'll spill. She said you, you like you would spill over and you'd look lumpy. Yeah, it's not true. Especially when you get when you get really lean. If you have if you eat a bunch of carbs, it yeah. makes you look like you see the muscle definition, like it starts popping, but you don't look as full. Mm-hmm. If you don't have fat in your system. Fat is what makes you look more dense. So you got to have those the two together. Otherwise, it's not going to look super good, and you're risking hormone deficiencies and hormone imbalances. Yeah, really pretty point. So That's a great point. Yeah. Because yeah, you can't absorb some vitamins or mineral or well, I guess just vitamins without a you know, certain amount of fat. Yep. For sure. So, so um, for us, anything less than like probably 20% for women, probably 25 to 30. You got to yep. have it somewhere like that. Exactly. So your, your splits like 50, 25, 25 or something. 50, yeah. 30. Somewhere around there. Protein would be my least. Uh, so yeah, it, it's probably 50 carb, 22 protein. What's that? 38 or 28 fat or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that pretty much. Same thing. All right, man. Yeah. So let's, um, where can, uh, I guess let's kind of just wrap it up here. Cause I know it's getting to be like a little over an hour now and I want to be respectful of your time and everything. Um, so where can, uh, people find you on social media? So Instagram is the, really the only social media platform I use. It's okay. Sir Lance a whole lot. Uh, that's my handle on there. You can find me, you can track me down. Uh, I basically post like food workouts, stuff with my wife and stuff with my kid. And that's it. Uh, if you're really interested in keeping up with me, uh, I post stupid stuff, post gym stuff. Usually it has like death metal or something blaring on the background of it, but that's me. <laughs> I like it, man. And you're going to post uh, competition updates and stuff, I guess. Yeah, so I guess now that I'm getting closer, I'm trying to be more on top of it. Uh, trying to decide. I know a lot of people will do like a blackout the last like two or three days where they don't post any physique updates. So that way it's like a grand surprise whenever you yes. actually, I haven't decided if I want to do that or not. Uh, 
I am super stoked to do it though, man. I'm like super pumped and amped up for this show. Uh, I did not feel really confident in the first one. So I'm really, really pumped up to do this one. Like, yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, you definitely, I mean, from my point of view, you definitely improved your physique a lot and you should be proud of that. And yeah, you're going to bring like a fucking awesome uh, package to the stage. It's going to be great. And then I'm going to be like, y'all all got beat by this plant-based dude. I don't know what y'all, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, I, I always say we need more people to like be, you know, representing, uh, you know, eating plant-based, being vegan. I mean, the more people who do it, the more people are going to find out that it's a legit lifestyle and you're not going to just wither up away and become like a skinny twig. You know, it's, it's good for yourself, good for the planet, good for the animals. It's good for everything. (laughs) Sounds good, brother. Well, uh, if you and the lady ever make it down to Texas, let us know. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, right back at you. If you guys come to uh, New York, uh, we'll take you to a good uh, vegan spot. <laughs> I mean, I'm down. I went to New York. We went a couple years ago after my first show, and that's where I pigged out and went to some Broadway shows and enjoyed it. But uh, we'll definitely make it back out there. I like New York. I like it to visit. I don't know if I'd ever want to live there. but uh, Understandable. Like it. It's definitely not for everybody. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to wrap up the recording here. Um, so, yeah, if you guys listen to this whole the whole way through, uh, first of all, thank you. That's Bless awesome. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So, uh, Lance, thank you so much, man. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Athex Approach Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, it would mean a ton if you gave the podcast a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Player FM, Pinecast, or any other service you're listening to, and subscribe to the Athex Fitness YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page. Feel free to check out the articles, training and nutrition programs, and merch on athexfitness.com. And if you like what I'm making, dropping a like, commenting, and sharing would really, really help me out. Thanks so much, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.